The establishment of the Ministry of Truth, as some are calling it, or the Homeland Security Disinformation Review Board is something that is essentially against the Constitution of the United States. The First Amendment of the Constitution guarantees free speech unless that speech is threatening and or directly inciting violence, rebellion, or sedition from the country. And, and even those conditions of rebellion and sedition are extremely defined by law. You are allowed to protest, criticize, say what you want about the government or its opposition. You know, you can criticize uh, the Republicans or the Democrats. You can criticize whoever you want in this country. It is the law. You can praise them also. It is the law. You can go to whatever church you want or choose not to go to a church you want. Unfortunately, the Department of Homeland Security under the present administration of Joe Biden has chosen to go a different path under the direction of that Biden administration. And perhaps this is why we are seeing this unprecedented leak from the Supreme Court. Something had to happen to cover up this event. And this entire drama at the Supreme Court may be the disinformation needed. We have just established a mis- and disinformation governance board in the Department of Homeland Security to more effectively um, combat uh, this threat, not only to election security, uh, but to our homeland security. That, of course, was Secretary Alejandro Menorcas, the... Uh well, let's just call him the uh, new gobbles, maybe, or gobble gobble, like in a turkey. You know, the way they call somebody, hey, you turkey, in the 1970s, because that's the way he's acting. Like someone from the 1970s who can't understand that there are laws that prevent what he is doing, and he just keeps doing it and doing it and doing it. For example, that there are also laws that he has to implement, but his agency is not doing it. And this involves security at the border, security overall in general, you know, the function of his office, protecting the homeland. All Mallorca's is doing in his agency is protecting Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. Oh, so one of America's top law enforcement officers just announces to the Congress that actually we're going to be policing what you say. And everyone in the room kind of nods. Oh, yeah, it's totally normal. But here's what he didn't say. So America's told us that disinformation is a threat to Homeland Security. Now, he's the head of the Department of Homeland Security. So presumably he would know since assessing threats to Homeland Security is his job. But what he didn't tell us is how he's defining disinformation. So here you have this new and terrifying thing that the Biden administration is so concerned about that has created a new agency to fight it. But Mayorkas never said or even hinted as to what it might be. So the man in charge of the disinformation governing board never defined disinformation. It's almost unbelievable when you think about it. Would you declare war on a country you couldn't name? Would you sentence someone to death for a crime you couldn't describe? Of course you wouldn't, not if you were a sane and decent person. Because you can't have justice without precise definitions. That's why we have very large books of law that define what is allowed and what is not but they're not defining the core concept at the heart of what is effectively a new law enforcement agency. Maybe that's because Mayorkas doesn't want justice 
and neither does the president he serves. They want power. And to get power, they plan to control what you think. Watch my Argus explain. We have so many different efforts underway to equip local communities uh, to identify individuals who very well could be descending into violence uh, by reason of ideologies of hate, false narratives, or, or other um, disinformation and misinformation propagated on social media and other platforms. And they hired this lady, uh, of course, uh, her name is uh, not New Yorkers, but <laughs> Nina Jankowicz. And her job is to be the so-called checker of false information. Unfortunately, according to Tucker Carlson, who has been the subject of a major attack and hit piece by the New York Times, Nina Jankowicz is exactly what her job describes a purveyor of disinformation. She is a professional liar, a person who has come out and done nothing but attack conservatives, the Republican Party, Christians, Jews, Muslims, any people of faith, because she just hates them and basically decides that there should be nothing but what her party decides. That sounds exactly like the Soviet Union. Unfortunately, according to Tucker Carlson, she does a very bad job of it. And worse, she can't sing. <laughs> she actually put a video based on Mary Poppins and uh, her singing about disinformation, which has become all the rage for those in Congress who are raging about waste of government funds in an agency that is actually funded by the federal government to be able to censor the American people. Of course, DHS says that's not what they're doing, but it is exactly what they're doing. Here's Tucker Carlson. The good news is everyone involved in Joe Biden's new Ministry of Information is a buffoon. They may be evil, but they're also ridiculous. Nina Jankowicz is the most ridiculous of all. So you read about her appointment in the Washington Post this morning and you immediately thought of the NKVD because why wouldn't you? Yet even the NKVD, even at the height of Stalin's purges, never did karaoke. They were too dignified for that. But Nina Jankowicz happily does. Here she is. Information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared bad intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo, and we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. Oh! So this is the point of the show. We're going to say we're kidding. We're making all of this up. It's not really happening in the country you were born in, but it is happening. That's now a law enforcement official. It's also the person you just saw, an individual who brags about getting a master's degree from Georgetown University. In case you were wondering if the entire academic credentialing machine that sustains America's ruling class is in fact a joke. Spoiler alert, yes, it is a joke. This is somebody with so few useful skills that she describes herself in the first words of her own bio as a quote, internationally recognized expert on disinformation. 
as if that's a job of some sort. Imagine if one of your kids grew up to be an internationally recognized expert on disinformation. The shame you would feel, the pain of knowing that truly and unequivocally you had failed as a parent. After all those years of advanced education, Nina Jankowitz became an internationally recognized expert on disinformation. And not only that, she can't even rhyme very well. What Nina Jankowitz can do, her one skill, the purpose for which she was hired, is level partisan attacks on the other side with maximum ferocity. That is her real job. Now, you may have noticed, if you listen carefully to the Diddy Dashita saying, that every example of disinformation in her karaoke performance came from people who opposed Joe Biden's policies. Is that a coincidence? <laughs> Probably not. In fact, we know it's not, because Anina Jankowitz is telling all the disinformation is on the other side of the political divide. Listen. Most of the disinformation that we've seen, this highly emotionally manipulative content, is coming from the right. If you look at the top 10 you know, most engaged with posts on Facebook or Twitter on a given day, uh, they are usually posts that are coming from the right. And that's because the right does deal on this highly emotional rhetoric. <laughs> You'd have to live in a self-awareness-free vacuum. You might even have to go to Georgetown University to utter a sentence like that. The right deals in this highly emotional rhetoric, <laughs> says Nina Jankowitz. It's the disinformation hunter, once called the Hunter Biden laptop story, which is entirely true, a, quote, Trump campaign product. In October of 2020, she wrote, quote, voters deserve the context, not a fairy tale about a laptop repair shop. Now, did she give us the context or any countervailing facts? Did she deliver the truth about that story? No, of course not. She just read a bunch of lies somebody handed to her on a card because she's a useful idiot. And now she's a law enforcement official. Nina Jankowitz is repeating a lie that was, of course, widespread on the eve of the presidential election. And when she repeated it, it made it possible for Joe Biden to repeat it on the debate stage during a presidential debate. In case you've forgotten, here he is. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly be. what, this that's exactly what this is going to add. Okay, so just to be clear, this is a nightmare unfolding in slow motion, but this is the point where we're just going to have to draw the line. No, Joe Biden, you can't have a federally funded Ministry of Truth. And no, Nina Jankowitz can't run it period. It's not your country. You're not even compass menace. And you don't get to do this to a free people, period. This can't happen. And what is this? Well, if you want to know what's going to happen, look at what just did happen. So Nina Jankowitz made it possible for a presidential candidate to lie from the debate stage about a story that may have changed the outcome of election. Our election, our presidential election, speaking of disinformation, she never apologized for that. That's because her role has nothing to do with the truth or stopping disinformation. Her job is to restrict any speech that challenges Joe Biden or the Democratic Party. Now, you'd think that would be illegal in this country as a federal employee because we do have a First Amendment. But Nina Jankowitz doesn't believe in the First Amendment. 
As she wrote recently, quote, the free speech versus censorship framing is a false dichotomy. <laughs> First of all, here's a pro tip. Anyone who uses the term false dichotomy is a moron, okay? That is one of countless academic phrases designed to prevent thought rather than facilitate it. False dichotomy means they're never going to have to explain why their position is correct or yours is wrong. That is dismissed with, oh, it's a false dichotomy. Again, that's an NPR phrase used by low IQ people who for some reason run our country all of a sudden. False dichotomy. Here's what's not false at all. Government censorship is banned by the First Amendment. The First Amendment to the Bill of Rights. This whole country is predicated on that. But according to Joe Biden's new Minister of Truth, the First Amendment no longer applies in this country because Russia and systemic racism. Watch. It's clear that actors like Russia are using those internal fissures, things like our systemic racism here in the United States, things like economic inequality, to amplify uh, these issues and, and really make us distrust the system. So we reached out to DHS, the law enforcement agency now in charge of policing speech about Nina Jankowicz and her plans to censor you from saying what you think is true. And they assured us that they weren't going to do that. They're going to focus on human smuggling and Russia propaganda on Ukraine. First of all, it's not their job to decide what you learn about the border or Russia or Ukraine. It's your job. You're an adult. You can read whatever you want. But of course, it's not about that anyway. If you read Jankowicz's book, which we did, you will realize very quickly she was hired to police domestic social media use, period. Quote, I have hope we can change the norms by which our online ecosystem is governed, she wrote. Later in the book, she encourages women to go to law enforcement if they see something online they don't like on Twitter. She called that, quote, an important step in the denormalization of women's treatment online. It's hard even to believe our system produces people like this. She's an illiterate fascist. In another book, Jankowitz made it clear that she's not in favor of government regulation of social media when it allows conservatives to speak freely. So she devotes an entire chapter to criticizing the country of Poland for establishing its own Ministry of Digital Affairs. Polish officials said their ministry was a way to, quote, deal with rampant online censorship of conservatives on social networks. But she's against that. She's against the anti-censorship program. She's for censorship. She wrote that Poland was making a big mistake in pulling back censorship. And we're quoting. Poland's nearsightedness is leaving it extremely vulnerable, she wrote. And the solution she wrote back is for the U.S. government to, quote, lead in regulating and conducting oversight of people who disagree with the Democratic Party on Twitter. So the truth was never the goal. And we're quoting again. We are not even sure that facts can prevail over disinformation, Jankowitz wrote. We must first begin with addressing social media. And just to be totally clear, the means of the distribution of information are the key to their rule. It's all they have. They have nothing but that. If you knew what was actually going on, you wouldn't put up with this for a second. So some people may wonder, why did I put so much of Tucker Carlson into this episode of mine today? And it is primarily because of what the New York Times did just a few days before this massive leak came out of the uh, Supreme Court and the riots and the protests and the distraction you're seeing in the streets. The primary purpose of the whole Nina Portswitch horseship, whatever, <laughs> uh, uh, truth commission, truth board, or whatever that's being created, was exposing exactly the disinformation patterns of the Biden administration. This entire issue with the Supreme Court now that has come forward is nothing but essentially a cover story, a means 
to be able to cover up all the things that have happened. If one looks at, for example, the Frank James shooting in New York City, in a subway in Brooklyn, it happened during rush hour. A shooting of 10 people in a subway car where nobody died, where smoke bombs were used, where almost with the precision of a special forces team, everybody was shot in the leg. And one man walks away, gets away, and later on we find out that he was some kind of black militant separatist person, ironically named the same last name as the Attorney General of New York. And there's people who say that the two are related, but we're not going to go into that just yet. But there are issues raised about that case that it too was some kind of false flag operation some of the conspiracy theories are raising. Whether it's true or not, who knows? Uh, essentially, the guy has been charged with an act of terrorism. That case is moving forward. Let's leave it at that. The Supreme Court issue, the Supreme Court Chief Justice Roberts has come out. John Roberts has said that the decision that was leaked is not the end result of what their debates and topics have come forward, that it was just a draft of something, but not necessarily the entire decision that was coming out of the Supreme Court itself. And a major investigation is underway. So it may have been bait to draw out people. And all of this falls under a category of what? Disinformation. And now we have Nina Horowitz who's just out there doing her thing as the disinformation czar. No, she's not there to stop disinformation. And this is why I'm playing all this Tucker Carlson stuff. She's there to create the disinformation so that they can divide us and rule us some more. Think about it. I'm Mike of New York, and that's the latest for me for now. I've got more coming up today. Just listen and keep it here. I'm Brittany Lewis with Breaking News. DHS Secretary Alejandra Mayorkas faced questions from Republican senators about a newly announced disinformation governance board during Wednesday's Senate appropriations hearing. Republicans have called it, quote, Orwellian, while Mayorkas has stressed that it will not be censoring speech. He also said it will now be a, quote, working group. Listen in as the secretary addresses the issue. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. Uh, I, my first question is about your disinformation governance board, which you have downgraded now to a working group. First of all, the name in and of itself has, I think, implications to all of us. I heard all about this all over the weekend of concern of a, sort of an Orwellian, you know, policing of speech. You yourself have even admitted, and you just repeated it here today, that the rollout of this has been vastly, you say, misunderstood. So... <laughs> I think, quite honestly, uh, for the good of, uh, of the rest of the department, that now is a good time to abandon this ludicrous and much maligned idea. I think, I wonder, you know, when you say that we have operational control of the border, is that definitionally disinformation? Because from a lot of our perspectives, we don't believe that is true. So it, it seems such a subjective um, and undefined what disinformation is uh, I would challenge you to uh, punt this and, and, and rethink uh, for the reasons that you mentioned, which are important reasons to try to 
deter violence following speech to make sure that uh, the American people really understand what's going on here. So if you want to make a quick comment, fine, and then I'll get to questions. I do. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Ranking Member Capito. I certainly haven't downgraded this to a working group. It's, that's what it is. Well, it's, it started a as a group. board, though, right? Well, uh, you know, the, we, can, we can discuss the nomenclature, but the, f the, the point is that the work is so very important to achieving the mission in a way that does not infringe on free speech, on civil rights and civil liberties, on the right of privacy. Our work in this department in addressing disinformation that threatens the security of the homeland has been going on for almost 10 years. And so I asked the question, and we asked the question within the department, what efforts do we have underway? What policies and procedures, what standards of conduct do we have in place to ensure that that vitally important homeland security work is done in a way that ensures that it does not infringe on fundamental rights? And the answer was inadequate. And so we put together a working group to ensure that the guardrails are in place, that we have clear definitions, that we have good policies and practices in place to protect the very rights that also are our responsibility not to infringe upon. These are very sensitive issues to Americans who believe fundamentally in the right to freedom of speech. You know that. And so I think the, the way that it's been rolled out, your explanation now, uh, it, it, you know, we have FEMA, we have CBP, we have uh, CISA who work on all of these issues within your department right now. When Senator Shelley Moore Capito uh, questioned Secretary Mayorkas today, it, it clearly showed how Mayorkas is living in an alternate universe and why he needs this so-called truth commission, this information group or whatever, to be able to come up with alternative realities to his explanations. His idea is that his department is doing everything it can and that the border is secure when 19,000 people per day are crossing it and thousands more illegally have been able to evade authorities. His department has basically failed to implement laws on the orders of the president and the Biden administration. It is an utter, complete and total failure. And Mallorca's seems to be as devoid of being able to respond to this as there are no hairs on his head. The bald-headed liar is being bold-faced about making up solutions that he, in turn, wants to blame on others. The, I want to ask about the ice bed cut, because I think this is important. Um, you have testified that you don't have the resources, or you've mentioned you don't have the resources to really detain and, uh, and hold people. We know that we have... Um, appropriated last year, 34,000 beds. But because of COVID, you only have those 75% occupied, which is sort of ironic in that Title 42 is going away under a COVID national emergency, yet the, the ability to use all of your detention beds is stymied because of the COVID uh, requirements by CDC. So that doesn't jive at all. Um, how can you, ha at the one hand, say you don't have the resources, and on the other hand, come in with a budget that asks for funding for 9,000 fewer beds? Ranking Member Capito, uh, first of all, we are um, uh, awaiting new CDC guidelines with respect to our use of, of detention space, number one. And number two, I have to take a step back. Because when we talk about, uh, when we look at the challenge of the border, uh, which has been an enduring challenge, um, 
certainly since the Department of Homeland Security uh, was created. Um, whether it's 24,000 beds, 25,000 beds, 31,000 beds, that's not going to address the challenge at the border. There's unanimity in uh, the view that the immigration system is broken and we need Congress uh, to fix it. That's the fundamental enduring uh, response uh, to the problem. Working with countries to the south to ensure that they manage their respective borders, that they provide humanitarian relief and stability to people who qualify under their laws and repatriate individuals who don't. The challenge that we are encountering at the border is not ours alone. This is a regional problem. There are more than 1.8 million Venezuelans in Colombia. In the small country of Costa Rica, that population, the population of that small country is approximately 2% Nicaraguan right now and growing rapidly. This is a regional problem, and we have got to get to the heart of its cause. And I would just add, I know I'm over my time, that deterrence is something that I don't think you've placed enough emphasis on. One of the deterrents is detention. Instead of putting a alternatives to detention where you put a bracelet over, where there's 260,000 people in this country under this alternative uh, to detention, and that number is growing, that's not a deterrent. And you stated over on the House side that you're deporting folks but after they have their asylum claims, but you didn't leave the uh, this is after six to eight years after they've been in the country waiting for their claim. So thank you, Mr. Chairman. Senator Capito basically points out that the entire situation is primarily unacceptable to Americans of having an agency that will decide what they can and cannot view online. While Secretary Mayorkas of Homeland Security says that will not be the case and his uh, so-called disinformation agency will only be giving recommendations, it still is censorship. And under the First Amendment, that is not allowed. And it is something that Democrats, and particularly many of the younger Democrats, are dangerously unaware and incapable almost of understanding that freedom of speech is exactly that, allowing different voices to be heard and allowing and training people to be able to understand that differences of opinion are what make the United States great, that there is unity amidst our diversity instead of divisions of what one believes is truth and what one feels is not truth. That is the failure of society these days, a society failure that rarely falls on the Obama administration. Barack Obama himself recently was calling for certain controls and, and uh, pressures to make sure that society does not give alternate views to his changed alternate reality that he created in the 1990s to early 2000s together with the Clinton administration and doing away with morals and standards of living and ideas of excellence that normally most Americans are required and have always been taught to move forward with. But however, under most recent Democrats' failures are the ability to want to in fact encourage such failure, to encourage people not to succeed, to encourage people to be happy at second-rate choices. That is unacceptable in any society that has been as exceptional as the United States. The saying that we're number one, that America is and can be great and can do the job of leading the world 
is something Mallorca seems to be incapable of understanding, as most Democrats are. It is something that needs to be re-emphasized rather than surrendered to. It is something that basically this idea of an endlessly declining society and its role in policing and enforcing laws needs to be re-emphasized. There are punishments for crime. It is something that Mallorca's is incapable of understanding. They believe in catching people who violate America's laws and then releasing them into the United States of America rather than deporting them or putting pressure by enforcing laws and increasing penalties on those who profit at the misery of the smuggled individual, the coyotes and the others who are doing everything they can to profit from the misery of the migrants who are often as victimized as the country they are entering and causing problems in. I'm Mike of New York. This is something that needs to be looked at deeply. It cannot just be put aside. The creation of a truth commission to create false truths is worse than what is the alternative of having to be able to look at various realities and situations and then allow people to come to their own decisions rather than having it dictated on them by a government agency that has no place in making decisions for Americans at large. It, in fact, is supposed to serve Americans and give them the best options of information that are out there rather than censoring and cutting away any other viewpoints that does not agree with their reality. If you listen to the hearing in its entirety, it basically tells you just how bad the situation is at the border when the officials in charge of implementing the laws fail to even comprehend that there is a problem. I'm Mike of New York. That is the latest.